A question I often ask our guests is this: What sort of a person succeeds at your organization? We get a lot of answers. A creative person, an innovative person, a passionate person. Webhav Gupta, the co-founder and CEO of Uran, also had similar answers, but there was one thing in particular. There is a lot of premium in our company on hard work. At first, I was a bit surprised by this answer. I mean, don't all businesses require hard work? Isn't it almost like a given? But Webhav explained further. If you have people who are enjoy working hard, then 80% of your job is done. I asked him to elaborate even further. So, Webhav went on to explain that Uran is actually driven more by hard work, by rigor, by process than it is by creativity. Uran is on this side where a lot of value we will create for anybody is by processes and sheer execution on processes, not by creativity. Webhav went on to explain what lies at the core of Uran's business model. The way in our business, the basic thing is you build a playbook of execution in a bangalore or in a cluster and then you generate value that that playbook gets executed over decades and then it starts making sense why rigor ranks much higher than creative problem solving for uran because uran wants to strike gold with an operational model much like discount retailing giant dmart build a playbook repeat it scale it improve it repeat 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 Hello I'm Rohan Dharma Kumar and welcome to episode 38 of First Principles. You just heard Webhav Gupta the CEO and co-founder of Uran an online trade platform whose mission is to transform India. It hopes to achieve that lofty goal by bringing tens of thousands of shopkeepers and grocery store owners closer to their suppliers and offering them competitive pricing, guarantees on quality, easy deliveries and returns etc. stuff that we as consumers are used to. Webhav and both of his co-founders Amod Malviya and Sujit Kumar were all senior Flipkart leaders before starting Uran. And yet he insists Uran isn't merely a Flipkart for businesses. Since 2016 when it first began operations, Uran has raised over a billion dollars in venture capital. It was one of the fastest startups to achieve the unicorn tag. It has also gone through its ups and downs in terms of both valuations and headcount. In today's episode, part 1 of my conversation with Webhav Gupta, we discuss why Uran evolved from a marketplace to a first party business. Why it decided to institute a formal CEO position only 5 years after starting up. The five pillars of Uran's culture and what daily conversations inside Uran's leadership team looks like. There's a lot to unpack in this episode. In fact, you can now also click on chapters to jump through the sections and get to the ones that you want to really listen to. Let's get into it. Webhav, Puran was started in 2016 and your vision was to, and I quote, transform the trade ecosystem in India by leveraging technology. Some other places it says your vision was to make business easy in India. What do these mean? See, I think uh, it kind of goes back to some of my journey, right? Um, prior to flipkart i spent some time in uh, um i went to us for my business school and spent some time in us after that in a job uh few things i got very uh you worked at trilogy if i'm not mistaken yeah after trilogy. so trilogy was after my undergrad so i was just here in bangalore and then went for my business school after trilogy so you were a consultant yeah i was at mckinsey after my business school so one few things i got very very kind of into when i was at business school the economic theories how economies work how countries work uh 
financial theories, how capital markets work, right? And, you know, while obviously I won't appreciate the detail just in a business school, but you could easily see how the, how powerful economies and markets, if done well, can do to a country, right? And you, you're always coming from India, you're always kind of at back of it, like, you know, why India is here and why kind of... And then I spent some time and saw some kind of, when I was at, uh, in my uh, McKinsey days, working with different companies, you see these companies like Costco's and Walmart's, I was very inspired by them. Uh, I felt that, you know, these are the companies which become so integral to a country. The life, the society, like these obviously become very large over a period of time. But these companies become very integral to the life of a country, right? And uh, and I think some of these uh, ideas about, you know, that, uh, you know, there is so much you could do in India from the where India is as an economy, as a society. If things get done well, you could actually, the country could progress in a very different speed and, uh, and state. And this notion of like, you know, massively unorganized uh, uh, retail distribution chains in this country, which kind of these companies like Walmart really sort of drove the organizing in in US. Sorry, so, Weber, just to interrupt you, uh, you talked about Walmart and Costco. What can I ask you? What sectors did you work in while you were at McKinsey? So early part of McKinsey, you kind of work across. So you, I think, uh, I worked in retail, I worked in consumer goods, I worked in telecom, you, I worked in logistics, worked in distribution, waste management, trains. So you kind of go across. And yeah. after uh, after that stint, you joined Flipkart. Yeah, I joined Flipkart. Was right. it the IIT D connection that got you to Flipkart? You could say in a way, uh, what has happened was... Uh, you graduated from IITD. So, That's why I'm saying because a lot yes. of the so I was in Bangalore uh, after uh, was in Trilogy right right after my undergrad, and so I had lots of Trilogy friends still in Bangalore. So when I was uh, in US at, at doing my job, I used to come to India for winter break, meet my parents, and spend some time with the friends. So I was in Bangalore meeting some of my Trilogy friends, uh, and uh, one of them. Uh, so we said we'll catch up for a coffee here near uh, in Kormangla where, uh, uh, you know, there used to be that, uh, that Raheja Arcade. Yes. And that older kind of area when there used to be. So there was some coffee shop. I forgot the name. So Trilogy Office was also there, right behind Raheja Arcade. So we caught up over there. And then one of them, we said, hey, I'm... He had some connection to Sachin. So he said, oh, I'm just going to Sachin's office. He has started something. Uh, why don't you come along and we'll, we will go for dinner after that or something like that. So I said, yeah, I'll come along. Uh, I, I never knew Sachin from IIT or hostel days. He was actually a junior of mine, but I knew he was the person. But I never, like, I did not know Flipkart. I did not know him. So we just went to his office and then uh, we it was a small office at that time. Uh, they were doing books, I think some hundred books a day or something. Uh, then he told me like, you know, I've started this, this is what I'm doing. So kind of just kind of, there wasn't, it kind of that, that thing got stuck in the head like, okay, this is something he's doing. Then after kind of three years of, two, three years of consulting, I was thinking like thickly, what to, what should I do? And, and I wanted to I had, as I said, I was very interested in financial markets, capital markets, economy. So I was actually going to a hedge fund. So I spoke to a hedge fund in Chicago. They used to do options trading. And I said, okay, let's, so I was going to move to that. Right. And then uh, uh, I got a message from Sachin when I had sort of told McKenzie I'm leaving and I accepted the hedge fund job in Chicago. I got a message like, uh, like I wanted to meet my uh, one of my investors, Lee, right? And That's Lee, Lee Fixel. Uh, so Lee was in New York at that time, and I said, "Yeah, hey, I'm actually heading to New York for one of my client engagements. I'll see him." 
So I met Lee at that point of time. And so Sachin was, he wanted to bring more people into his his company, right? And then we started talking. I had a couple of conversations. So I felt like there was that sense of, you know, okay, something he's trying to do, I could do hedge fund anytime. I said, kind of instinctively, let's take a bet on this and sort of go forward. So you came back and Yeah, so I it. came back. When was that? That was 2011. And how long were you at Flipkart? About four years? Almost, five? yeah, almost four years. Four, uh, I kind of left 2016, so about five years, four okay. and a half, five years. So you and your co-founders, Amod and Sujit, all of you were at Flipkart. Yeah. And there used to be this, I mean, when you folks started Uran, and of course all of you being from Flipkart, the the I think the the analogy or the mental model that a lot of people applied was, hey, Uran is trying to do a Flipkart for B2B. Was that accurate? Flipkart being largely a B2C business, business to consumer, where they are trying to solve for like, you know, how do you make a lot of products available directly? And you folks, I go back to what I said earlier, transform the trade ecosystem in India, making business easy in India. No, what was the vision? It wasn't that, it, at least not the way we thought about it. Like I so, figure, because yeah. this is what people from the outside yeah, are thinking. So, so what think, were you thinking on the inside? So I think for, for us, kind of it goes back to what I was talking to you earlier, that this whole idea of that you could transform a country if you actually really worked on the economy. That kind of that idea was always very core to me in my head. So what does that mean, Weber? When you say transform a country, what does that mean? I mean, see, the three of you are at Flipkart, like, you know, let's say 2014, See, look 15. at Bangalore. You, I came to Bangalore first in 2002. And uh, in last 20 years, this city has outpaced, say, Chennai uh, in many ways in terms of just the growth of the city, the growth of the lifestyle of the people, what what kind of ideas are happening in Bangalore and what work is happening, right? Because the economy of the Bangalore got transformed, which transformed the people around it and the state around it, right? That's what I mean by that in terms of how, if you can improve the economy of a country, it uplifts the country. The I'm still not clear because I... I see the larger arc that you're painting and it always happens. But as an entrepreneur, as a as a as a founder, what was the the business opportunity that yeah, you yeah. So saw? I'll come to that. So I think it's kind of how we thought about it. If you saw uh uh I grew up uh, when I was in India, I grew up a lot in a trading family. My family was mostly banyas and doing different types of trading, wholesale trading, retail trading, right? I used to go with my chacha. You grew up in Delhi. Uh, Delhi and kind of Rohtak. So I used to go with my chacha ji's when they will source the products to these wholesale markets, Nai Sadak, Naya Bazaar, Chavi, and kind of see what's happening. I used to walk from there and there was like some laborers spending like 12 hours carrying a bullock cot on their shoulders. And they'll just be barely able to make any money to even survive and eat dinner in the end. Like all day they will work for 12, 14 hours and just bear enough money. And next day they'll come and do and this, this. That's what I mean. If you went to, and I went to US and laborers were far more developed. Like if somebody was a laborer or a, doing a manufacturing labor in a factory or in a transport, his life was much better. He was living properly, he was making good wage, he was... That to me is a transformation of economy. Like, you actually put so much labor in this country in India, but you're not able to generate those much returns out of that. That's a developing economy, or underdeveloped economy. Same labor in a developed economy gives you a lot more returns. And that's because the economy is underdeveloped, right? You see in India, farmers, you need to see retailers, you need traders. The whole ecosystem in this country is just sheer hard work. But their lifestyles and their lives are much lower compared to what they what is in a developed state. 
because these are unorganized sure but we are also a developing country we are also a very populous country we so that's something that's the yeah. opportunity that's but the how sorry i still don't understand because they are not your customers udan doesn't target the laborer or the other thing so so udan targets farmers udan mm. targets small manufacturers mm. udan targets wholesalers udan targets retailers they are all who are actually working in this in this economy right can you again like you know take me back to that time when the three of you said we got to start something yeah. and there's a large opportunity what was that opportunity so the large opportunity for us was or that perhaps your vc pitch like in 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 some ways or your internal pitch the, i think the vc pitch came after because we started with three of us right so the large idea was that you have this very unorganized economy in this country and largely it's a trade economy if you look at india's economy it's a trade economy uh and what we had seen in flipkart is the power of e-commerce that it can scale it can scale as but what we also saw was that with even within flipkart we weren't really able to attack you can call low price point mass price points of the country we were always struggling with that 200 rupee 300 rupee 400 rupee order value like in my 4 5 years at flipkart we increased our minimum shipping threshold from say 99 to then 199 to 399 we kept because you couldn't figure out the a model to you couldn't figure out a model to serve so we saw the power of e-commerce but also the limitation and we also saw this massively unorganized trade economy which was still driving a lot of consumption in this country production consumption what was inefficient but it was unorganized right and we started talking to these guys uh, people who were wholesalers or millers we went to some of them each one of them was saying oh i'm building an app of my own i'm building a website of my own my problem is to get new customers everybody believed that they'll get more customers somehow online everybody had that belief but they did not know and everybody was doing or their own thing you went to shopkeepers you went to uh, small restaurants everybody thought they will get better pricing online if they bought if somebody came to them but they did not know where to go so everybody had a sense that online will be the future and were trying their different ways but there was nobody no platform which was sort of solving so you walk into a wholesale market and like we used to do that and for me the biggest realization i walked into one of the markets in mumbai uh, it was uh, i think khetwadi market which is steel market uh, then we walked into some uh, consumer fmcg wholesale market i said this thing cannot be if you take a 30 year forward we will not be the same way some way technology is going to change this massive activity which is happening over here to me that was the thesis of odan that this massive activity which is happening will not happen the same way in 30 years or somewhere the technology and internet will change it what we did not know was what it will become that was that's the th- that's the thesis it. of so that. you see the long arc and yeah. you're saying digitization formalization the entry of technology and platforms will fundamentally transform this large chunk of yeah, the yeah. trade ecosystem in india and you want to be I was the thesis the... of Vodan, and that's mm. why the thesis of if we did that, you can actually make a big impact into India. That's mm. how the thesis of started of like why we should do it. All right, uh, I read that you have a network of three million plus registered users and twenty-five to thirty thousand sellers on your platform. I'm sure perhaps those numbers. have updated or changed but what do these numbers mean when you say 3 million plus registered users who are they and the 25 to 30000 sellers <coughs> who are they so i think uh, through our journey right uh, um we once we got into this like here is this opportunity we want to go after obviously a little bit of muscle memories played in of uh, coming from flipkart we had a lot of you can say muscle memory and bias for fast scale because that was something we learned and we saw so everybody's output of their own journeys so through the first i would say four five years of run that's what we did like we we bought this platform and we started in bangalore we got some wholesalers in bangalore 
and some uh, so we started with customers in mysore coimbatore uh, hasan uh, customers in, being shop owners so we, so we kirana with, largely so, kiranas so Small. kirana kirana came in almost 3 months later first was garment electronics then kirana customers in bangalore we started almost 3 months later so in the first 6 9 months we went to the shopkeepers so i'll walk kind of go to the shopkeepers and say here is a nap here is how you can buy it and then they'll ask me what products you are selling then i'll show them samples of the products which they so samples of clothing we'll have a clothing sample bag we'll have electronics accessory sample bag we'll have some rice ke packets of sample bags and we'll use them to show this is the products this is the quality this is the price and then they will place an order the seller will ship the product and we will pick it from the seller deliver it to them so that was what we started initially it was a it was a market the traditional sorry to interrupt you but the traditional way before this was that each of these shops would have their local relationships from some other like you know physical because what i i'm trying to understand what were you trying to disrupt or change before yes. this so each all categories had different things but let me give you an example an accessories shopkeeper a mobile accessories shopkeeper sitting in mysore what he will use to do is every two weeks he will come to sp road in bangalore which is the electronics which is the electronics wholesale in, yeah. market and he will go to six or seven shopkeepers and he will make a purchase of let's say 70 80000 rupees right across different shopkeepers he will buy some tempered glass some case covers some chargers some cables and then he will uh, is he usually buying this on credit or on mostly on cash right mm. sometimes if he's a big guy he'll get a credit but mostly on cash and then he will uh, give a money to a transporter and the transporter will transport it from the spiro to his shop in mysore okay and then every day he got some small items he will phone somebody locally wholesale in mysore mysore also has a small local also he'll say that guy will deliver to him in the evening or something so small on so demand like top up top up he will do locally and kind of the big purchases he will do like we all do right yeah so that is the structure now the problem for that guy was once ever he comes to bangalore he has to buy 15 days worth of product so he has to block his cash he has to pay cost of coming to bangalore shut his shop down and he's still not sure if he's getting the best product now he got products to his shop the quality was defective so he can't do much so he has to assume that that piece in that what we did for that shopkeeper was we brought all of that selection to him we gave him guarantee on quality that if the quality is incorrect or crap if something is defective we'll take it back we said you order from your shop you'll get it delivered next day you don't have to order 15 50000 70000 crore 3 4000 5000 as you need it and you'll get full range not just in bangalore but also what is in uh, the uh, in mumbai in kafar market in delhi you'll get the full range for that person he got better range more competitive pricing on demand delivery to his shop and uh, quality so for his life changed hmm. for so, for so the whole hmm. for the wholesaler sitting in bangalore they were only accessing a certain set of customers like if you think about karnataka walk into their store yeah, or with whom they are relationship typical wholesaler was dealing with 200 shopkeepers 300 shopkeepers but if you look at bangalore itself bangalore itself will have close to maybe 10000 shops of mobile and mobile accessories if you add mysore hasan tumkur which all come to bangalore you will actually have another probably 5 to 10000 shops 20000 shops but each wholesaler was only accessing 150 200 so they were able to get access to more customers imagine somebody sitting in mumbai was able to get access to the customers in mysore so there was an inefficiency in the system because access was localized price was only transparent in local sort of five six table to table negotiation and we unlocked that whole thing by actually bringing full range full competition from different sellers so price became competitive access became democratic ordering becomes far more fast versus heavy ordering so working capital for shopkeeper was rotating fast this is how we created the value for customers and sellers and over time we started moving from sellers back to manufacturers wholesalers back to manufacturer right. and this thing has played out in all categories 
like different categories have different time but this is the basic reality of it. how it plays out how does run make money so i think uh, that basic business model is almost like a dmart business model uh, we stock products of different manufacturers uh, these are typically big brands tier 2 brands tier 3 brands and we also have our own private brands so we stock these products and we reach out to shopkeepers across uh, a given geography and we basic business model for us is uh, the cross margin we make on the on the products we are selling so we buy from manufacturers and we have a gross margin when we sell to retailers so that's our basic dmart based business model we have keep a large range and we make a gross margin on that range got it Hi, I'm Anushka, and I think you've heard me a couple of times now on the First Principles podcast. If you haven't, I produce this podcast, and my colleague Rajiv, our resident sound engineer, puts our episodes together. Thank you, by the way, for listening to First Principles. Now, every week, I tell you a little bit about the most recent edition of our companion First Principles newsletter, because I really think that if you like this podcast, then this newsletter is for you. because every sunday the newsletter drops into your inbox with one idea mental model or framework that you can use in life and work very similar to the ideas and the first principles thinking that we often discuss about in the first principles podcast in fact i think it makes for a perfect sunday morning coffee read especially because every edition has wonderful photographs book recommendations and even music playlists and they're all compiled from the first principles community and here's the thing that i want to tell you the first principles newsletter is actually completely free all you have to do is sign up and that's easy too there's a link in the show notes that leads you directly to the newsletter or you can go to your browser and type the-ken.com/newsletters/first-principles thank you for your time back to rohin now um i was going to ask you about how old is the company you started 2016 hmm. uh, incidentally the same age that we started the can as well how many employees are there today at odan we have about um we'll have about 1000 to 1200 to 1500 employees right yeah um how much venture capital have you raised you raised a lot i know i think across the rounds we raised about a billion dollar of venture capital right. yeah and um what was your most recent valuation so that's something we don't disclose uh, we raised a total round of about 340 million all right uh, yeah um what's your revenue so uh revenue gross margin cms tend to be confidential for us uh, doesn't make sense for a company like us to disclose so we don't is there it. is there any other business metric that you that you do disclose that gives us size or Typically, a sense of the scale i think one of the things see the core to this business is customers which is true for almost all business the core for this is for us it's number of shops or number of outlets which buy regularly on online for us that number today is about 300000 which is regularly buying on online so these are what i mean earlier i referred to as registered users a user so registered someone... user is anybody who downloaded app and registered on the app it's almost like traffic ah, of a it. website got it. it's kind and of conversion of that the so conversion million registered users 300000 yeah. out of them are transacting so and... these are the ones who are regularly buying on every every, every month on the app. got it and i was my last question would have been how many co-founders are you your three co-founders yeah so three of us started the company uh, sujita namot uh that's yeah all right um i want to go slightly deeper into your business because it has evolved like like you just explained you started with a very overarching sense of okay this is the space that we want to be in there's a lot of inefficiency here and over a 20 to 30 year period it's undeniable that things will change and we want to be in the middle of it and we want to be the ones making a lot of this change happen uh the you know now now i i want to go deeper into your business model and how you make money so there are platform fees from sellers uh there are i mean help me understand this right charging for logistics warehousing so i think so you're talking a yeah. lot more about our journey 
right right like you know so the business model how has the business model evolved from that original thought that you had that look we want to be here to now of course you're in your eighth year so it's evolved there's much more complexity and granularity in your business model how do you see what udan is today vis-a-vis let's say in 2014 so the biggest shift for us is like the market and the opportunity has continued to become real every year i don't think that has changed our the biggest shift in our business model is we started as a marketplace right uh we have now become predominantly a first party business that has been the biggest help, shift help me understand what does that mean so marketplace is when you have sellers and buyers buying and you sort so of you're just in a kind plat- of platform platform arrangement right versus now we are actually a first party in the middle like a dmart where we buy from vendors we decide what products we will want to sell on our or on platform we buy them from vendors stock it in our warehouse mm-hmm. and we sell it to the Got shopkeeper it. so is this i mean um, to someone from the outside is this like the mirror opposite of the way the b2c space evolved in india where it started with an inventory model and then in over a period of time if you look at either flipkart or if you look at even amazon it transitioned to largely being like a platform model whereas you seem to be no, saying that's so that's the other way right so if you look at rohin even in b2c e-commerce uh, in india i believe almost 90% of b2c in india is actually first party oh it's just yeah structured so, to so look like so if you uh, look at the business model right. and see that's less about sorry why, why why do you say that because i you know i mean if you look at the big baskets point. all the grocery e-commerce is first party right. if you look at electronics commerce that's mostly like smartphones and those are all first party from a business model perspective right uh, i mean help me understand this webber because usually whenever we order anything online the way the, the way it's structured is the seller is almost always distinct from the platform are you saying i mean we all know that there's been a lot of legal maneuvering that's happened to create these other sellers is that what you're referring to no no not the legal see i think that to me is uh, that's not business models right that's how you uh, figure out how do you solve for local markets sure. so i i don't think i'm talking about the business models right i think the business model in e-commerce graduated a lot from basically ebay to amazon hmm. like if you think about ebay was the quintessential marketplace started in 1990s right. was a quintessential marketplace even today the largest e-commerce marketplace in the world the the biggest thing which amazon disrupted with ebay was that customer service like in ebay you were not sure as a customer you didn't get that sticky reliable promised customer experience that's what amazon did when they came on and organized it right they started playing the first party role like i will sell to you i'll make sure it gets delivered if it is quality defect i will take it and i'll deal with my vendors separately that's the deal with like a uh, a chai shop like unorganized chai shop versus organized you, you get consistency and quality so the world moves from unorganized to organized over time so i don't think it's a b2c versus b2b but i think for us also the journey was as we started think what our customers are caring about and we realize in kind of eb2b shopkeepers repeat is core to this business if you cannot you can acquire a customer but if you can't repeat that customer there is no business we started realizing that we were losing a lot of customers because we weren't able to give them reliable fill rate they will order the seller may not pack or send a send a half fill rate uh sometimes the quality was not off and the timing was off that was a big problem we started seeing and we started we started transitioning as we started saying okay for customers we want to give them a reliable complete experience which meant we need to hold the ownership we at least have to hold them in our warehouse so we started first the transition from having mark sellers talking into our warehouses then we realized it is actually inefficient within our warehouses we used to have three sellers selling coke bottles on three different shelves with the same exact product sold by three different guys it was increasing inefficiency for us increasing inefficiency for them and we said there is a cost of that thing and we realized that it's better for us to own that inventory and actually sell to the customer directly so starting from so we moved from a marketplace to a first party that has been our biggest evolution from a business model point of view 
so i assume that a lot of your investments have gone into setting up these warehouses and you know i mean so um unlike uh, unlike uh, to see the to be fulfillment centers are not very capex heavy right because you're not moving goods which are small quantity we're moving in most cases for us we're moving uh, gunny bags big boxes so it's not very capex heavy fulfillment centers it the eb2b is far more operational business so it tends to be more opex opex heavy so, so just to understand that when you say like a typical b2c warehouse is more capital capex heavy are you referring to the fact that the items held there have higher value or are you referring to the fact that it's operationally more complex to sort and pick and move smaller units of items from a warehouse or is yeah, it a common yeah so it's a little bit of the second because if you think about a 2c they're selling each is they're selling say uh, a one one box of a particular type of a footwear one smartphone a small memory chip or they're selling garment of a particular size or they're selling fmcg items or they're selling 1 kg sort of rice bags so there's sort of smaller pieces larger sort of maybe they're keeping uh, a large uh, inventory of them across the efficiency in a 2c warehouse thus gets driven by capex you take this large one and you create four story sort of uh, within that because that gives you the efficiency of the hmm. warehouse from a cost point of it makes sense to do that and then you create moving belts sortation belts you create all of that because it gives you efficiency in that system but if you came to an uran uran uh, fc you will see massive volumes the, by fc mean fulfillment fulfillment center. center massive volumes you will see bags and bags of rice sugar but you won't be you can't just pick them and sort them and put them on a moving belt they're just lying on sort of crates and you have to organize space efficiently but you won't have very ground plus 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 with moving belts that's not is it also because the the turnover is much quicker in a b2b uh, this thing is that why you don't i'm trying to understand why is it that a b2c fulfillment center needs to stock much more things versus a b2b it's not much more things it's the units you are storing and moving like or the it, variety of things that you keep as well as how how much of because you said a b2c center may have 3 4 stories i'm just trying to understand why because it's far more efficient to actually for example let's say you take any fulfillment centers of say 50000 square feet right if i are a 2c platform what would you do is oh gee i can actually make four stories over here right so i can leverage my rent same rent to actually stock a lot more inventory over here and my picking system is somebody walking through the shelves and picking one unit two unit three unit putting it in a basket and putting putting it that now for udan you the picking system is not like that a person walks in and picks things like that you have to move a forklift and pick 50 kg bag mm. these so you bags. can't vertically you can't just, just verticalize it so the capex comes in verticalizing it so our fcs mm. become less capex heavy from Got that yeah. you're also in the lending space you started by i mean uh, by trying to make it easier for shopkeepers to buy and sell products uh, along the way you also started lending the working capital is that still a business line uh, for you and yeah. how is that going yeah so i think uh, it started from very early days right when we went up to shopkeepers we said okay you guys you should buy from us right and they started trying us and then we reached out to them they said okay we have had good experience i'm in buying from you i placed these orders i'm happy then i said okay in your shop you actually are buying every month 2 and a half 3 lakh what on udan in last 2 3 months you have bought like 25 30000 then i asked him why are you not buying more from and if you are happy to usne bola ki sir dekho this is fine i'm happy but if i have to buy larger you need to give me credit credit because that's what i get from then we started understanding why that happens so a lot of retail for a given shopkeepers about 60 70% of what he's selling in his shop in india he finances that from his suppliers that's the basic business model from a roi point of view and that's core to that person to be able to actually generate to basically income. using working capital yeah, in order to finance yeah because his argument business. is i am i have either spent a capex on the shop 
or I'm paying the rent for the shelf. That's my investment into it. Now, if I have to sell your products or your products, you finance me for that. That's how the role of wholesalers and distributors came into the country. One of the roles of wholesalers and distributors. Manufacturers will not have the ability to finance these shopkeepers. Manufacturers themselves have high, high working capital cycles. So wholesalers and distributors started the role of financing the customer. That becomes a natural form of working with shopkeepers. So we said, okay, great. That's, that's something needed to grow our business with you. So we started experiments with that. We started actually in Mysore only. We started giving small, small lending and understood what does it take to lend, what does it take to collect, and build that capability over time. And I think uh, that has been one of the big differentiators for Udan as Udan scale because unless you have that capability, you can't scale the business with a shopkeeper, right? You can get a lot of people to try you, but they won't scale up. And unless you scale up, you can't get your productivity, your operational efficiency, your costs, right? So we built that. And I think what happened is pretty much like, uh, uh, I would say like AWS has done for Amazon. We built this capability for Odan's core business. And then we had some of the brands, uh, you know, mid-tier brands like a, like a St. Gobain uh, uh, or Phenolex. Like these guys started coming to us and said that, you know, you're anyway lending to shopkeepers. I have a dealer network of thousand dealers, right? Can you finance them for my purchases? They're buying from me, but I can't finance. And so we said, okay, we'll try because we anyway had the ability to underwrite shopkeepers and collect from them. And we were present all over India. And they, these guys were looking for, they, these are mid-tier brands and they're looking for, their dealers were smaller and they were spread out. So they did not have an ability. So we did those experiments and we saw that business really working well, which is what we call as Udan Capital, called supply chain financing. We focus on mid-tier brands, which are smaller dealers across the country. The top tier brands like a Samsung will typically get financed by ICICI, the dealers of Samsung first. But for the smaller dealers for mid-tier brands, you don't have that. So that's what Udan Capital is. It became a, so over the last two years, First, we did the experiments. It was during the COVID time we were doing that. Over the last two years, it's now a, it's a profitable business. It's an EBITDA profitable business. It's a growing business, right? Uh, and uh, it's becoming, I think it's, we feel quite strongly about the market opportunity and our play in that. So that's what that is. Um, just last couple of questions on your business. Our research also shows up that Roughly 50% of Odan's revenue comes from selling fruits and vegetables and the rest is split between apparels, pharma, mobiles and general retail items. Is that broadly in the ballpark? Um, about roughly about two third, I would say two third of our business uh, is going to be grocery which is staples, FMCG, fruit, vegetable. That kind of is how we think. About a third of our business will be kind of the, the non-grocery, which will be pharma, electronics, garments, like that. Got it. When you started um, Odan, um, you know, <coughs> you and Amod and Sujit, there was no CEO position between the three of you. Help me understand that. But now there is. There was some evolution that took place uh, so I want to understand both of the philosophies, right? That when you started, why was there no CEO? And along the way, what did you learn? And what changed in that philosophy? You're now the CEO. Um, I would say um, at some level, it's fairly simple. At some level, it has obviously a lot of layers. Um, we three came together with an idea that we want to do something big. We want to build something big. That was the central reason we came together, right? Uh, and uh, we had seen enough of each other in uh, in Flipkart to be feeling comfortable that, yeah, we can sort of work together, right, with all of us. And that's how we started. Now, very early on, um, we... Uh, the first time we were faced this question was one of the VCs who was, I think either he was, he was coming in series B. Yeah. I think something like that. Uh, so they asked like, 
you know, why do you not see? We started talking about, okay, you know, what, like we didn't start with that initially. And so we spoke to some of our investors at that time and they said that, yeah, at some point of time it would make sense, but we don't have to force that conversation if you don't need it. And so we kind of let it go at that time. We said, we didn't need to force it. And, you know, we kind but of- how was it structured till then? We because kind of working on sort of each of our strengths, right? It means all of three of us come with different sort of intuitions and skill sets, three of us working in all of those directions. I think um, as it became larger, both from a scale of the business, uh, scale of employee base, uh, and uh, the and also just the sheer uh, 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 the investor base we were dealing with, vendor base we were dealing with, just broadly the size of the business increased and we started realizing that this management model was losing the uh, the pros and cons were puts and takes were shifting for that and then we started talking between us and we spent almost a year in that process as a board as three of us uh, to really sort of work through kind of what's the right answer for Rodan right and uh, I think through that journey we sort of concluded that I think it's the right time for the company now to actually move to a more more institutionalized structure, a more CEO-led management structure. So we first concluded that. Uh, that took almost like six and a half, seven months from, from a journey, which like we lot involved a lot of people in the company, senior leaders, investors, got feedback from different people to get to that. Then we said, okay, now if that's the answer, how do we go about? Then we ran another kind of three, four month process of who who should be like, given internal, external, bring in new buddy, right? And that sort of finally, we as we went through that, we concluded that uh, the right thing for the company at that point in time, this was kind of, I would say 20, 20 after COVID or 21 after COVID. After COVID second wave or third wave, we said right now for the best answer for the company is kind of one of the, and then we worked through the process and I became the CEO. So. It's been a journey for us through that kind of one, one and a half year, but largely led by scale. It just became a larger organization. It just was becoming inefficient and ineffective. If you could, with the benefit of hindsight, go back to when you started, would you clarify this earlier on? Because I, I only ask this because it's unusual what you folks did. Typically, the... The clarity of, okay, there is a set of founders, you know, one of them is X, one of them is, but one of them is CEO, gets established much sooner. I think uh, if in hindsight, I would say uh, uh, definitely earlier than what we did, but I don't think it's needed day zero. I, I don't Fair. think it's needed day zero. At some point early enough, once you get the product market fit and sort of early on, the teams are not that big, right? Maybe like less than 100, 150 people. I think till then you're like very smallish. You're working with a lot of personnel. It kind of works over there. After that, it tends to sort of not work. Good. Culturally, how is Oran as an organization? Is it, I mean, was there, like you said, that we are all the products of our past. Was there a certain amount of Flipkart culture that came along with the three of you folks because you were all ex-Flipkart. Was there a conscious attempt to move away from it? Is there, what is it today? What is the Udan culture like? I think few things will be uh, for today's Udan culture. There is a lot of premium in our company on hard work. I think in today's Udan, uh, you need to be a person who who has strong work ethics, who can put in a lot of time, uh, go into details, close things. Uh, there's a lot of, today's Udan, I think there is a lot of that sense of, you have to work hard to build something of value. There's a lot of that. And I think people who enjoy that, that's where kind of, there is, there is, there is a bit of that. I think, uh, um, it is a culture of, uh, I would say, um, 
fast there is a lot of fastness in the system we execute fast so i think that's there uh there is a lot of um uh, multi party problem solving like there is not much kind of hierarchies from problem solving point of view i think some of these are more kind of i would say flip card uh things we have carried um there is a people a lot of people will associate udan as their own identity i think that's also part of the culture of kind of udan they will associate like this is this is who i am and so they have that kind of sense of the company um there is uh a lot more i think we have the i think from flipkart times now there is more gray hair so there is a lot more appreciation of being able to say yeah ji i was wrong and i made a mistake right uh, i got it wrong so there is a lot sorry, more sorry who was wrong like ji i was wrong like that sense oh, okay, of okay okay i heard that as ji i was wrong no, no, and i was like no. who's ji so it's like more appreciation that kind of you will make mistakes <laughs> and being able to accept and have people around you to make sure that the final answer like being able to put your biases on the table i think we are a lot more so there is been some of that growth for us uh yeah these are some of the elements of that i'm fairly sure almost like 100% sure that when you were starting udan you would not have thought that hard work would be the first thing that you would say 8 years later when someone asked you about culture what changed why is like structurally overall in the environment like it just seems you and i are the same age so i certainly do know what you are referring to but i'm just trying to understand how did we get to a point where we have to explicitly talk about working hard or having a hard work ethic as an important part of culture asani you ruin i think even in flipkart i would say we used to work very hard asani no, no. it's not like but i think the appreciation no, no, my of my point was not that flipkart doesn't work hard it's i'm just being saying able that to call it out as one of the most important thing the realization of it Right. I think has become more. So clear. we can't. So essentially, you're implying that we can't take it for granted, because by that logic, I could say that all startups or most startups will say hard work is implied. But you're you're saying it is much more than that. It is important. It is part of your yeah, culture. Yeah, I, I think. 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 in absence of a business Absolutely. the market you're trying to solve for right means if you're trying to build apple you may have a different culture than if you're trying to build walmart and we are trying to build a walmart or equivalent similar business this business is all about details it's all about daily execution it's all about nuances the rice which gets bought in bangalore is different than the rice which gets bought in mysore and if you don't make the nuance is right on a daily basis you could be an unprofitable business versus a profitable business so our business requires that and i think to me that as we have worked through our business and our customers and our vendors and try to keep getting the playbook right mm. we're realizing that the number one thing is hard work if you have people who are enjoy working hard then 80% of your job is done because then you know that that is assumed and sort of and that's why it has become more more top so of the, the mind so the the other side of this coin or the mirror opposite of this is that you're saying that this is not an easy business this takes time to generate value to generate something sustainable will require people to both think longer term arcs as well as on a daily basis understand this is a operationally complex business where we are constantly solving problems and that is the work ethic that you're referring to that mai lagta hai ki like i think all business, building all meaningful businesses is hard i don't think one is easy versus i don't think wo wali baat hai i'm just saying ki the if you look at our business and you can easily imagine it it's a lot about it's not like you the way in our business the basic thing is you build a playbook of execution in a bangalore or in a cluster and then you generate value that that playbook gets executed 
over decades every day like that's what a demand is of course it's not like every day they're doing something new they built a playbook of how to run a store now demart is generating value for shareholders and customers and vendors and employees because that playbook is being executed in 300 stores every day for 10 periods of time that is the way demart is creating value a disney or a universal is creating value by creativity every day they have to find some new ideas and create that's so, their playbook so so hmm. these two so udan is on this side where a lot of value we will create for anybody is by processes and sheer execution on processes not by creativity on every day we're not going to solve new problems once you solve the problem it's process that's the reason why hard work rigor process those become far more important in our culture uh, in terms of the people you bring how you actually organize the company because that's your business that's what i'm talking about how do you as a ceo think about these playbooks because there is two levels of innovation required when it comes to executing playbooks over decades one is of course the fact that the organization needs to have the discipline to stick to executing playbooks day after day after day and learn from those small mistakes or right like you know deviations and bring it back into the playbook and iterate the playbook if the playbook i did today had a small deviation i'll fix it tomorrow the second innovation is those playbooks itself need to which is where i think the leadership and the ceo comes in that the creativity or innovation required that what is the playbook what will my playbook look like 2 years from now what will it look like 1 year from now that the operational team can only give you feedback but they can't fix it for you right so at udan how do these two we processes run we have not figured run? it out we have not figured it out yet i think we have not we have come to realization of this is how it is needed and we're moving towards that but i don't think we me or kind of the 5 6 10 guys who are sort of trying to build this out we have yet figured this out I how do you we, think about how do you even like in this leadership team is there like i mean the playbooks how does it enter your discussions uh when you're planning when you're executing is there anything different that you're doing today vis-a-vis let's say 3 years back 5 ah, years back ah what difference i think mujhe lagta hai ki this sense of pehle mujhe lagta tha and maybe it's all same journey ki bada banne ke liye shuru mein hi bada ban jana chahiye now my realization is to have something really big 100 billion 200 billion the most important thing is foundations and quality agar aap wo nahi banate to aap bahut bada nahi ban sakta bada ban sakta lekin bahut bada nahi ban sakta the real scale comes only because you got your quality right your quality of your organization quality of your systems quality of your brand everything of what you do depth needs to be there so teen char saal mein bahut shift hua hai company mein right about as we have tried to say ki yaar we we want to do something really really big. what is needed to do so a lot of the conversation daily conversation in kind of leadership team at multiple level is changing to what is the playbook which generates the business not what is the business numbers what is the playbook do we get the right playbook how do we measure if the playbook is right and playbook could be ki yaar hum logon ka sourcing playbook ye hai ye wale sqs rakhne hain inko in logon se sorts karna hai daily itne logon se iska quote lena hai उसके बाद क्या डिसीजन लेना है प्राइसिंग कैसे करनी है अगर प्राइसिंग कंपेटिव करनी है तो कंपेटिव यहाँ पे मार्केट यहाँ पे मार्केट डेटा को डेली कैसे मेजर करना है उसका क्या प्रोसेस है उस प्रोसेस में कितने गैप हैं ऑल ऑफ दोज आर प्लेबुक कॉन्वर्सेशन सो प्लेबुक्स आर ऑल अबाउट एक्टिविटी सिस्टम्स वी डिज़ाइन वी गिव दोज एक्टिविटी सिस्टम्स फॉर आर पीपल टू एग्जीक्यूट वी मेजर वट हैपन ऑन दैट एंड देन वी टुमारो गेट इन एंड से कल के क्या हुआ कल की क्या लर्निंग थी चलो चेंजेस करते हैं इसके अंदर so we've been now as a leadership team largely about finding playbooks which can generate the design kind of the output into the system aur mujhe lagta hai ki wo journey hamari company ki last 18 month ki journey hai right and uh, you know we took actually uh, a part of bangalore city right a small neighborhood of bangalore about 10% of bangalore city what was it we call it an iota project which no, was no no which which neighborhood was it it, it is uh, like it's a bit confidential but i'll oh, give you a fair. sense that Uh, it's about a tenth of bangalore representative sure we said ki yaar let's go and relook at the business over there and we started saying customers kya kar rahe hain kyun churn ho rahe hain kya khareed rahe hain kya nahi khareed rahe hain we started really going deep into that over the 18 months 
in those those and these are mature neighborhoods right these is where all competition came in we now have gotten 95% penetration m6 repeat is now close to 98% m6 meaning month 6 repeat, month 6 right mm. our number of buyers on daily basis is almost 5x of any person any competition in those markets our wallet share is 3x so those markets for us have grown close to 15x our gross margin is 3x what we used to do our categories penetration is much higher our lending performance is much much better our supply chain costs are much lower because we really worked on the playbooks and we were able to do that because the only thing we were trying to solve for was playbooks right so i think there is a big and also in this constraint space instead of trying to roll it out okay usme kya hai ki all of aap kisi ko bol nahi kar sakte ki yaar aap jaake playbook solve kar do meri company ki it is like you all have to do it otherwise nahi hota hai which has been another learning so we we could do it because in bangalore you can go and you spend time and and i think i don't think we figured out the playbook yet while we've seen goodness a lot of goodness it has changed the company thinking ki yaar aise karna hai ab कंपनी ऐसे बनेगी ऐसे नहीं बनेगी कि आपने नंबर डाल दिया और प्लान बना दो और उसको रिव्यू शुरू कर दो आई डोंट थिंक दैट कैन ऑफ इज द वे यू डू रियली बुल एंड टू मी वन ऑफ द एग्जाम्पल्स आई गॉट फ्रॉम सम वन वॉज विच हैज रियली स्टक विद मी लाइक पीपल आई आस्ट पीपल की which other companies and dmart came multiple times and i said dmart kaise banaya so they said ki damani ji for first 5 6 years the only thing he did was iterated on one store wo store samajh nahi aaya to fir kuch 2 3 saal try kiya usme se kuch learning aayi fir dusra store jaake khola fir usme wo sari iterations kari fir unke paas ek ban gaya ab unhone kaha ki ab isko main replicate karunga and this business of odano almost all grocery heavy business all grocery heavy businesses in my head are like that only you have to really get that core model right unless you get it right you will just can go. there be a differentiator because um you said earlier um in the context of dmart also and otherwise also that over the longer term all businesses converge to fundamentals um i think yeah, I, we it came mm. up in our research perhaps you said it perhaps you didn't but i think that's broadly true right in very competitive spaces is very hard for fundamentals should be ignored let's go back to the dmart example that you gave that he started um the money started with one store which he perfected and then he iterated it to the second store now let's talk about your playbooks you said that within this 10% area of bangalore you perfected the playbook and now you hope i'm guessing that you will replicate it to maybe 20% 50% then other cities etc and all that can these playbooks be differentiated can the can they be the source of because otherwise what is it because the b2b space that you're in today is has <coughs> lots of competitors from the largest of players from a reliance to funded uh, peers in the space what is a true differentiator for odan or anyone else in this space mujhe lagta hai ki pehle mere pa answer different hota abhi thoda answer different hai tell me both please pehle mera answer thoda strategy consultant wala hota Well, and I think that's been my journey as a what person. What would that have been? What would I mean? That scale matters, volume matters, right? And kind of if you get those working in a in a market, sort of you over a period of time create barriers for others to enter. It takes more capital, which is right, by the way. I won't disagree with that. Which is a right interpretation. But it is just a necessary but not sufficient it's, it's condition. A, it's a it's a it's one way of looking, which is more top down, which is how kind of consulting teaches you. Um, Right now, I think to me, what I've learned is sheer focus on kind of daily design, which can create, which can get more customers to stick with you, more customers to buy more from you, for more vendors to come with you, they to give you more gross margin, for you to reduce your cost. If you kept doing this in a business like ours, you will be winner in this country. बिकॉज यू हैव फिगर आउट अ मॉडल की इस जोग्राफी के अंदर इतने लोग हैं इतने लोगों को मैंने ये एक प्रोडक्ट दिया है ऐप पे आओ ऐप पे ये सिलेक्शन है इसको ऑर्डर करो मैं कल डिलीवर करूँगा वो लोग आपसे खरीद रहे हैं वो लोग आपसे इतना खरीद रहे हैं कि आपकी कॉस्ट डिलीवरी की कम हो गई है सब सर्विस की कम हो गई आप प्रॉफिट बना रहे हो आपको वेंडर्स उस पर मार्जिन दे रहे हैं 
और वो मार्केट बहुत बड़ी है और वो उसमें आप ग्रो कर सकते हो अगर आपने वो कर लिया इंडिया में तो मुझे लगता है कि यू हैव सेटअप द थिंग फॉर अ वेरी वेरी बिग बिजनेस वट एव रियलाइज दिस सच अ बिग अपॉर्चुनिटी लाइक द मार्केट वी आर ऑपरेटिंग इन रोहिन इन बैंगलोर सिटी इज टेन बिलियन डॉलर एनुअल अक्रॉस इंडिया इट्स अ सेवन हंड्रेड एट हंड्रेड बिलियन डॉलर एनुअल मार्केट जस्ट बैंगलोर सिटी इज टेन बिलियन डॉलर This is the B two B trade. The E B two B market, right? And all companies combined, who have played in this market over eight years, still have not grown. Combined, have not gone more than ten percent share. That's such a large market. Just Bangalore city, we could build like a five billion dollar business. And it's not because market is not there, or it's not because competition is there. it's because the companies who are working on it have not gotten it till now the right thing and i don't think we have perfected it i do believe we have made a lot of progress as a company to move in this direction but i don't think any single player no be big or small or regional or category has till now find found the real model over here and whoever will find will become a very big company because it's a massive opportunity hmm. but i don't think anybody has done that till now. 